Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. What is that called? Micro Jimmy. Boom. Yes. It's Mike Shope. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. And the Bulldog. Really? That's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. It's Mike Shope. The three words I would describe you as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. And the Bulldog. Well, I like the sound of your voice. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, all right. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Tuesday afternoon. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope has the week off. Nate Geary sitting in for him. Happy to welcome back into the show one of our favorites, Matt Harmon from uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Fantasy, and Reception Perception. Uh, That's where the bread is buttered. Matt, hey, man. Good to talk to you again. How are you? Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, sneaky handsome Mike not here, but very happy to be talking to both you guys today. Uh, it's an exciting time. I love – look, I'm not a sicko. I, I love the real games. I love the actual NFL season. But, hey, the offseason is a fun time to stretch our brains out to uh, to really kind of get into some more kind of complex team-building discussions, and, and I love this time of year. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Um, I'm trying to remember, we, we spoke to you pretty recently. I, I remember we talked about Diggs because we always think of you because you, you, I think when the Bills were just making that trade, right as the pandemic was starting, we talked to you and you were just such a fan of Diggs. This is, you know, going back into the 2020 offseason uh, or the offseason before the 2020 season, I should say. Um, and... Yeah, now here we are a few years later, and I and I know we talked to you recently enough that we asked about is there is there other signs of him like losing it? Like what do you think is happening here? Now we're into the off season, and there's another round of does he like us really? Like I feel like that's what it really comes down to. Like there's a bunch of word salads out there, but really I think for the Bill Bills fan, the average Bills fan, they're like. Does he like us? Does he like it here? Um, I don't know. Where where are you at on digs as the Bills move into another offseason, knowing that they've got a receiver core that outside of him and the emergence of Shakir, they really probably have a lot of work to do there? Yeah, well, on your last point there, and, and we can talk more about that here in a second, I, I totally agree with you. Like Whether Diggs is there or not, this receiver room needs work. So the fact that this, you know, kind of cloud whether, and again, you know, whoever you want to point fingers at to, to who's at fault of it, but, you know, the fact that there's kind of this seemingly annual cloud of, 
does he like us or what, what's going on? Like that, that is kind of unfortunate. I, I will say from my perspective uh, and just my side of this, this whole thing here, since we've last spoken, I've actually had a chance to, to sit down and talk to Stefan Diggs about this mm-hmm. at Super Bowl media uh, week. And there was a, the video of it on our Yahoo Sports YouTube page. And, and Stefan and I, not, not just from an on-field perspective, but you know, he and I have a, a relationship going back years as well uh, where, where we, we, we talk you know, on a seemingly annual basis and get to do a lot of this stuff together, which is great. Um, I will say just from a, a, a personality perspective, he certainly seems to be in a much better mood this year than he was at the Super Bowl media week last year, um, where he was. Then we knew he was coming off of obviously a frustrating loss, frustrating loss in, in this one, this year as well. But mm-hmm. you know where he maybe had like more of a public blow up, more of like a was right. he leave, he left the locker room. There's all those reports. I think some of those frustrations definitely carried into the following months. And, and again, look, I'm. I'm I'm not saying like I, I know what's going on in his head or anything like that, but I definitely think from a just a from a person to person standpoint, he was in much better spirits this year, really, than he was probably this time last year. Which I think is you know can can say one thing, you can say another, but uh, I definitely think that that was encouraging to see. Also, I, you know, I, I asked him like the production slips at the end of the season. Um, you know, we've had these conversations before where receiver play isn't always indicative of receiver production and, and vice versa. Uh, from, from his perspective, you know, he was basically saying, like, I was just trying to, you know, just trying to be a good teammate. We had the run game emerging. We had other guys stepping up. Um, you know, obviously, he's, a, he, he's realistic about it. It's a, it's a numbers-driven business. Like, nobody goes to a receiver and says, hey, man, you're really blocking for that running back. Like, let's, let's make sure we get you a raise off that. No, we know that you get a raise off production. So, um, I think he obviously wants the ball. He wants to be a part of why they win games. And I think that if he's there next year, which right now, if you ask me today in this moment, I do expect him to be on this roster next year. I think that Joe Brady, like I think Joe Brady's a good coach. I, I might've said this to you guys last time, but I don't think Joe Brady came in as the uh, promoted offensive coordinator this year and said, first things first, I got to get my all pro receiver out of this offense. Like, I don't think that's how it went down. I think you're trying to fix other things, and sometimes, you know, we all know this if we're homeowners, you're trying to fix one thing, another thing kind of goes wrong, and, and it's like these things start to stack up. So I think if Brady's, if Brady's there as the office coordinator next year, if Diggs is back as a receiver, I think we'll probably see a, a more expanded role for him. But again, to come back to the top of this, no matter what, this receiver still needs work. Right. The room needing work is a key part of why. You know, even at his age and at the salary cap number, like I'm not eager to move on at all because I just don't think the equation makes sense. Like I'm already losing Gabriel yeah. Davis. If 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 I could find a way to want to, and look, teams can do it. Teams teams find ways to take on that dead money. It's only three million dollars more than what he'll cost to be here. But then you got to replace him and Gabe Davis, and I, I just don't see any way around that unless they're going to start playing the wing T or something. So <laughs> yeah. um, I just think financially it doesn't make sense. So I just I hope that they can sort of stay happily married, I, I guess, for at least another year. Yeah, and look, teams should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time here. Like you should be able to look at your receiver room right now and say, okay, we should be living for the present. We should be uh, trying to make the most of Stefan Diggs for whatever he's got. And frankly, like, I think he has a game that should age well. Like as a technician, as a route runner, like we see these guys last a hell of a lot longer than we do some of these physical specimens who rely 
purely on their gifts. Like, I think about a guy like Des Bryant, and I appreciated Des Bryant's game in his prime. I actually thought he was underrated as a separator, underrated as a guy who got open. Um, but I wouldn't have – certainly not in Diggs' class in terms of his technical approach to route running. And when it went for Des Bryant, when the physical gift started to erode, I mean, he was – it was over. It was it was over for Dez, and and you know, and unfortunately, he tore. He took forever to sign with the Saints, and he tore the Achilles. And, you know, things just went off the rail for his career. You see that with some of these guys that aren't the best technicians, and and, and then the explosiveness starts to go. Like I, I do think Diggs' game can age well, especially if as he is here, and you know, I think this is one thing. Whether whether you, whatever you think of Diggs as a, as a uh, how he's handled some situations publicly and whatever. I think we all know he's driven by an intense desire uh, to win a Super Bowl. And I think if you can kind of sell to him, like, hey, we want you in a role that's maybe, um, you know, a little different. Like maybe you play more slot receiver, stuff like that, which you did experiment with a little bit at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I think you could sell him on that. But the key to me, again, is like, again, you should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You live for the present, but also they got to start drafting and developing the heir apparent to Stefan Diggs as well as maybe Josh Allen's next number one receiver. I think that's the critical step here. I, I like Khalil Shakir. I do want to just throw that out there mm-hmm. as well. I think he's a part of this future. But after you get past those two guys, Gabe Davis likely gone. It, it's, it's nearing a blank slate from wide receiver three um, to four to five to six. Yeah. I, I, what you just said about developing a new number one is why I was eager for them to do this last year. Um, just in anticipation of Davis becoming a free agent and Diggs getting another year older. How do you see Diggs' game? You just said you think it'll age well. Um, you know, we all saw the decline in production, and there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, what, what about him as the technician that he's been? Like, do you see deterioration in his game, or do you think he is still close to what he's been? I, I don't see a lot of deterioration. I think you can maybe tell me that he's not as fast as he was. And this stuff is hard to quantify, even from like a reception perception standpoint, when that's literally what I'm doing is, you know, going in and trying to quantify how open these guys are and where they're running routes from and which routes they're most successful on the zone coverage, main coverage, press coverage, et cetera. It's hard to just say, like, I'm looking at this guy and he looks a step slower than he did last year. Um, I think you could sell me on that, that maybe the verticality in his game, uh, maybe he's not threatening defense as deep as much as he was, but Defenses sure still treated him like he was a number one threat and a guy they were concerned with, whether they were, you know, working on him as a press coverage threat with the safety over the top of that cloud coverage, two man, all that type of stuff. You're still seeing that with Stefan Diggs. So I think they're still treating him that way. I would imagine that uh, like, again, when I went to, to chart the film in the second half of the season, you see this guy get open a lot. And at all three levels, I think there was just some, some drops from him, which, you know, he's, he said in, in, in our conversation, like, if it's my fault, you put it on me. Like if I get too, I think he said it to Cameron Wolf as well. If I get, if I get a hand on it, like I consider it a drop. So like he, he knows that those are missed opportunities on his end. There are also some missed opportunities on Josh's end too, where he, you know, he's open on a post route, a deep dig route of Stefan Diggs, and the ball's just a little bit behind. Like that stuff happens, and sometimes it happens in bunches. To me, I still think that this is a guy that's uh, one of the best, if uh, right there in terms of separation, a guy getting himself open. He's still right there to me. Matt, I wanted to ask you about Gabriel Davis, who today kind of posted like what seemed like a, a long video, a goodbye tribute uh, yeah. to Bills fans in, in Buffalo. Um, you know, I, I think there is probably a desire by both sides to find a way. I just don't know that there is going to be a way. I, and I, I sort of wonder, from your perspective, is this a player that you believe the Bills should be trying 
to find a way to retain, whether that's coming up with a creative contract or something along those lines? Or or do you sort of believe that, you know, the the relationship and the pairing has sort of, you know, they've, they've gotten they've extracted a lot of value out of a fourth round pick, getting what they've gotten out of Gabriel Davis. I, I just I, I know I can tell you how I feel about, you know, where I want this team to go is I'm sort of ready for a new name, a, a new piece, a new toy at the at the wide receiver too. And frankly, I still think a, a lot of talk has been about Gabriel Davis the last couple of seasons. I, I don't think anyone's talked about they haven't really been able to replace Emmanuel Sanders. Um, yeah. That was a guy that I thought really having four receivers like that really made this offense go a couple of seasons ago. But I'm, I'm just sort of wondering, like, where are you on the state of Gabriel Davis and, and how he projects out this year and where he ends up and what kind of offense he should be in and is this a guy that the Bills maybe should be at least publicly trying harder to retain? Shoot, man, I, I think you could argue they've struggled to replace like John Brown. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and I, I was I was a big John Brown fan uh, back back in his day, uh, which is crazy. It's crazy to say I've been doing this now like ten years with reception perception that there are guys <laughs> like John Brown, now Robinson, you know, that have like kind of aged out. Uh, it, like it's just, it's crazy, but not, and unfortunate that, that people are still interested all these years later, but. You know, I think they they really hit with some of these additions in free agency, like Emmanuel Sanders, another great man to bring up, Cole Beasley. Like, I think they were missing Cole Beasley until they kind of finally started to get Khalil Shakir involved as a, as a slot receiver towards the end of the year. Uh, but on Gabe Davis specifically, you, you said this so well, that they have extracted a lot of value out of Gabe Davis as a day three draft pick. Um, and I think it's he's almost been a victim of his own success, and, and, and especially in these big moments like, I mean, there were legit wars fought on fantasy Twitter <laughs> going up to the 2022 season about Gabe Davis. And I mean, I, I kind of pride myself on trying to always be a little bit of a centrist in these, in these discussions, because in my opinion, with players like this that are inherently a little bit volatile, um, th the truth does sort of lie somewhere in the middle there where like when Gabe Davis was first breaking on the scene, reception perception showed like this guy burns, man. Like he, he gets deep down the field. He gets open down the field and he wins in tight covered situations where he's not great though, is separating short and underneath. He's never been that route runner really. And that has not changed in, in much since his rookie season, that role has value. It's just, what do you like? Where do you actually from a dollars and cents standpoint? Now he's got hit to hit for agency. Number one, where do you value that? And two, when we're trying to grow and expand our offense in Buffalo, um, how much value does that have? When I, I think to me, as a three, as like a complimentary receiver, I would love to have a guy like a Gabe Davis who can stretch the field vertically and can win down the field. The problem is when he is lining up as your every down, like number two receiver, there is a limitation there that's hard to get around, especially when um, teams are trying to take away your number one in Stephon Diggs. And prior to this year, right, they got a lot out of Kincaid. And again, late in the year, they got a lot out of Khalil Shakir. You, you don't really necessarily have those other threats there as well. So, to me, I, I think Buffalo probably is just going to end up getting priced out of the Gabe Davis business because you guys know this is how free agency works. We sit here in January and February and we're like, oh, man, look at all of these guys, especially at the receiver position, that are available. And then come March 5th, when the franchise tag deadline gets, you know, is passed, a lot of these guys get wiped off the board. So Gabe could end up being, even if he's a flawed player, like, receiver three or, 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 or so mm -hmm. in that are actually going to truly hit the market behind guys like Marquise Brown or Calvin Ridley, who I think has a chance to hit the market. 
somebody's going to end up paying a lot for him, uh, and, and I think that, that Buffalo will end up probably getting priced out of that. Matt Harmon, reception, perception, Yahoo uh, NFL and Yahoo Fantasy on the Wester Hotline with us. Boy, that's excellent analysis on on Davis. Um, and furthermore, he is to me not someone who can develop into being your number one. So, like no. paying him like, I don't know, Christian Kirk's contract or something just seems insane to me. I, I, I imagine some team is going to do it, right? Would, would, you, would you expect, well, you just said it, right? He could be the second, third, or fourth guy on the board by the time we get to actual free agency. But, boy, I just wouldn't want to touch a second contract with him. Yeah, that's so t- that is so tough because again, it's I think there is a value to a player like Gabe Davis. To me, if we're talking like eighteen million a year, which you know Christian Kirk ended up getting that money, and people balked at that contract at the time. I you know, I didn't expect him to get paid like that. Don't get me wrong, but I like Christian Kirk as a player. Yeah. But like this is this is the beauty of receivers and and why it's also tough to talk about them kind of in the same space because what Christian Kirk does really well is so different than what Gabe Davis does really well, right? And, like, the reason I like Christian Kirk signing, even at an inflated price tag, which he's ultimately, I think, ended up being fine at, given what he's done in Jacksonville, why I like the Jags doing this is, like, they had a quarterback that they needed to develop, number one overall pick, they need to develop him, uh, and, and Christian Kirk was the guy that was going to create and give you layup targets, and that is kind of like the inverse of what Gabe Davis gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, I, I I can't actually imagine many better pairings around the league for Gabe Davis than Josh Allen, uh, which which is just tough. From I, I think where he's going to go next, it'll be really fascinating to see. But he's not a guy that's going to create layups for your quarterbacks. He's actually going to be a guy that invites and incentivizes higher degree of difficulty and lower percentage passes. Matt, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, like uh, Brandon Bean, over the last two off seasons, has sort of jokingly talked about, like, yeah, we're not going to be shopping in the big ticket stores. We are going to go into the bargain bins and try to find some players to piece together the roster. And they did so last year with two names of Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. And you know, Trent Sherfield had a really good training camp for the Bills. There was a he, he frankly turned heads during training camp. It just didn't translate into the regular season and you know towards the end of the end of the year when Gabriel Davis was injured um he just he did not have the impact that I think people thought he might have in training camp and obviously Hardy was paid to be like a guy that might compete or be the wide receiver three it just never materialized and Joe Brady's offense changed halfway through and nothing changed with Hardy he appears to me or seems to me like a like a maybe a cut candidate uh for salary cap purposes do you have a name two names maybe that you might think from a bargain bin perspective when the when the heat of the top seven, top eight guys go that the Bills might be standing there looking for a date to prom and needing a bargain bin guy to, to pair with a rookie or pair of rookies to fill out the rest of their wide receiver roster. Well, I've always really liked Curtis Samuel. I've always been a big fan of his game. Now, his, his problem has always been injuries, but he's a guy that I think can give you inside-outside versatility. Um, I think is, it's funny we've talked about with the Bills they had Isaiah McKenzie, then they had uh, Deontay Hardy, and then like Curtis Samuel. I think it's like they're sort of evolving like Pokemon there in terms of <laughs> the actual uh, actualized version of, of the theoretical player. I think Samuel's probably 
he's a player that can beat man coverage. You can, again, you can line him up as a flanker. You can line him up as your slot receiver. Um, I don't personally want to take too many reps away from Khalil Shakir. So maybe that's a, a guy that they shy away from just because I think Samuel has been sort of that close to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. slot player. But uh, but there is a connective tissue there. Uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, we know, spent time in Carolina. Uh, that's where Curtis Samuel started his career was in Carolina. Uh, the last team that signed him was Ron Rivera, who signed just about everybody uh, that used to play for the – like, if you played for the Panthers <laughs> under Ron Rivera, you also probably played for the Washington Commanders, Washington football team under Ron Rivera. So he's always a guy I really like. Uh, inside that division, too, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, he's coming off an ACL, so that is, uh, you know, something to, to consider. But at the same time, like, if you're talking to me about, hey, would you rather sign Gabe Davis for $18 million, or would you rather sign uh, Kendrick Bourne for six, seven, eight million? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you Kendrick Bourne every single time just because he's a, he's a good route runner. He's a guy who knows how to beat man coverage. Uh, he's generally been a reliable player. I think he makes for, like, kind of a nice bargain bin player. You know, then you sort of get into the the Josh Reynolds of the world who I can't imagine Josh Reynolds doesn't end up right back in Detroit, you know, with guys that he knows and he's familiar with. But I've always been appreciative of his game as a solid possession outside receiver. Um, there are a couple of players I'll just throw out that are, like, restricted and exclusive rights for agents. So, like, these guys kind of get free very often. But – um, my boy, Greg Dortch is interesting to me. Uh, Rashid Shahid is interesting to me. Juwan Jennings is a restricted free agent, but man, I've always, I've always really liked Juwan Jennings game. And, you know, he's just ultra reliable, dirty work type player. But um, yeah, something in that Kendrick Bourne, Curtis Samuel, sort of like, we're not quite in bargain basement territory, but we're also not breaking the bank for this player. Um, th- those guys are interesting to me. Where does Hollywood Brown fall uh, as far as the, the bins go? I ask because Mike is off today, but that's been kind of his idea. Whenever we talk receiver ideas, uh, that's a name that's come up a few times. So I was uh, eager to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, shoot. See, he's like the guy that might end up being the best available player on the market. Like in, in my mind, uh, which, which you know, I mean, depending on your opinion of Hollywood Brown, like my, you know, I don't know. Uh, I just mean I financially, is, that probably rules the bills out is, is why I made that exa- sound. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That I, I think he ends up getting, and this is a player who's a former first-round pick. He's had statistical success in the, in the NFL. And he's a guy that I do think is a little more role-specific than he's been, um, than he's been casted so far. Uh, I like a lot of what the, this current Arizona Cardinals staff did on offense. I hated a lot of what the previous, you know, now commander's offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, did on offense there, especially with Hollywood Brown. Like, this is a guy that should be lined up in the slot. He should be lining up off the line of scrimmage. You want to get him running against zone coverage. You don't want to have him running against physical press man coverage on the outside, which, again, I think that's what the Bills need. They need somebody with more size that can win against man. And, and if we need to give Diggs reps off the line and in the slot, like, you need somebody that's going to take those, those snaps outside – to me, number one, I don't think Hollywood Brown's going to be in their price range, but I also kind of not sure just about the, the fit there. Well, Matt, where can we well, – what's next for you, and where can we find it? Well, the good news is all of these players we talked about, whether they ended up being uh, – when they ended up getting franchise tagged or not, they're all going to get profiles on receptionperception.com. That's the next player drop. The first player drop of the offseason is always free agents and uh, franchise tag candidates. And if anyone is traded – in this period, uh, in early March, they end up going on the website as well. So that's really what's, what's coming up. And then, uh, again, Bill's fans are going to be excited about the receivers in the draft. That's the next guys that are, next group of guys getting dropped March 25th, earlier than ever. Nobody loves to push up a timeline and make uh, make work harder than than, than me. So uh, right. I, I'm pushing up the deadline for, 
draft prospects this year. All those guys will be up on receptionperception.com. Real quick, you know. is there is there a receiver in this draft class that you like or, or maybe even two or three for the Bills specifically? Uh, yeah, Bills are, are not going to have a shot at those top three guys. Right. But, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. Uh, I, I'm a big a Dunze fan specifically. I mean, I like all three of those guys. They, they all are probably going to get top 10 grades from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Thomas from LSU, I will say, I think he would probably require a little bit of a trade-up for them. Um, but he has someone I've, I've started working on. And like that, when I, when I think about what Buffalo needs, I think that Brian Thomas is rather perfect for that because he is that big perimeter X receiver that we talked about. And he put, didn't just exclusively play X in college, but like, I think he has the skills to hack it out there as an X receiver. He can beat man coverage. He's a little bit T Higgins ish, but more limited as a, as a route runner. Like that's the perfect guy to say, Hey, right now you're going to have a year one role that you're going to beat man coverage. You're going to make big plays down the field. And we're also going to develop you and add to your route acumen. And just like whatever 14 is doing over there, like do that. Like take, take hopefully he takes you under his wing and can develop you long-term. And maybe in a couple of years when, when Diggs is ready to move on or he, you know, we're looking at his contract or whatever, then Brian Thomas is your number one or, 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 or you know, high-end number two receiver. Like typologically, that's the type of player they should be looking at. Excellent job, Matt. Thanks. We kept you long. Appreciate it as always and look forward to the next visit. Hey, I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is a great discussion about a ton of different players. So uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Sweet. All right, there you go. Matt Harmon, Reception, Perception, Yahoo Fantasy, and Yahoo NFL coverage. And, uh, yeah, a, a, a semi-regular at this point. Um, and I'm I'm pretty confident we'll be touching base with him before the draft again to go over this receiver class in more depth. All right, anything you heard there you want to react to, Nate and I will pour over a bunch of it as we continue here. 803-0550 is the phone number, <coughs> excuse me, if you'd like to join us. Again, Nate Geary in for Mike. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. He puts a tremendous amount of pressure on himself. He has extremely high expectation of himself. That's why he had such an incredible year last year and last couple years after previous years of major adversity. And I think this is a new new territory for him, new expectations for him within himself and, and even outside expectations. I think he's dealt with all of that as all star players and, and blooming star players do. And again, I, I, I truly believe he'll come out the, the other side of this even better. And, the, you know, the hope is obviously the intent is to shorten that. There is Sabres head coach Don Granado talking about Tage Thompson and his uneven season to be kind. It's, it's also maybe been kind of terrible. Uh, I think my worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Maybe you might be worried. I mean, I... Hey, hey, hey. Um, it, boy, a lot of that's just a tough listen. Um, you know, I, it, we talked yes. a little bit about this yesterday because we were on right after that game ended, and I, I'm not going to belabor this, um, but because you, you mentioned this off the air to me, uh, I mean, it, it, it comes for everyone eventually. Like, we get tired of the losing and then hearing the person who is the person who has to be doing all the talking after every game and before every game just start, starts to wear you out. Yeah. And... Getting there with Granado is extremely disappointing. Super disappointing. Because he was so refreshing when he started first being in that role, right? He takes over from Ralph Kruger. I mean, you know, it's pretty yeah. hard not to be likable coming from there. But I just thought he was engaging and interesting. And a lot of the stuff he did worked, like playing Tage Thompson at center, for example. Like, whoa, okay, yep. I guess that was a good idea. And now I just feel like he maybe Paul has has been on this train for a bit. I think he's like overly protective of these guys. I think they're being coddled yeah. to to such an extent. I mean, it's a broken record. The stuff for, it's the same as last year. The you know we got to learn all this stuff. I mean, I, it doesn't make it wrong. It's just really hard. It's just tough to, to hear. To it's tough to keep to. hearing. Yeah, right. Over and over. Right. Right. Uh, Sabres back in action tomorrow in Montreal and then Columbus Friday night, and it's the dad's trip. That 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 could put a smile on your face. I mean, it's, it's a nice, nice time for the parents to get to go out and, uh, you know, live the life of the son that they put all this time and energy into. So good for them. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll enjoy it. In Montreal, great, great place to kick that off. I'm, I'm not going to rave about Columbus. I've never been, but Montreal kicks ass as a hockey town to go visit. So I'll bet the dads are going to have a blast there. Nate Gary in for Mike Shope. I'm the Bulldog. Thanks for being with us. 803-0550 uh, is your phone number. We're going to get into some of what we talked about with Matt Harmon regarding receivers and the way forward there, but want to start the segment off with a phone call. Sasha is first up this segment. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for calling. You're on the air on WGR. Hi. I'd like to talk about the what they, who, who, they, who should they draft. Okay. I think they should draft Keon Coleman since his since when you look at his highlight, like every time he goes like down the that like, deep, it's it's sometimes logs more like just like chucked high. Mm-hmm. And you don't see Josh Allen usually chucking it high. Usually it's like a like chucking it like, directly to him high. The bullet pass. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's, at, he's really good at catching those. So like when he goes into like if he comes with us, yeah. Like, he'll be already used to he'll be already used to Josh Allen. Not like he has to like relearn his tactics. Yeah, I, this player – thank you, Sasha. appreciate the phone call. Um, this is a player that I initially was really crushing on, and I'm still very intrigued by him uh, ahead of the draft. 
but he's become less and less of my favorite idea for the Bills at 28 anyways because I think there there is a ton of athleticism. He's a big body. He's probably going to run well, and the highlight reel is as impressive as maybe any college receiver coming out in this in this year's class. Um, I mean, he is he is spectacular. But you know, talking with Matt Harmon last segment about technique and being a technician and creating separation, these are things that I don't think Keon Coleman has a mastery of yet. He may get there, um, but it may take him a little while. And this is a bit of a dilemma for the for I would say for the for the Bills. Like I, I have no idea what they think of this player, um, but if they agree with the scouting reports, they they may feel like they need to find their way to somebody that they can trust to be on the field for I don't know seventy percent of the snaps or more. Even I mean Gabriel Davis never left the field for the Bills uh, as their as their kind of do it all receiver on the outside. I don't think Coleman right now, he might be the best receiver in this class in two years. But coming out, and this is not how you should always approach the draft because you want to get the best player down the road, not necessarily maximum impact right away, but the Bills have a hole to fill, I think, right away. Unless they find their way to someone in free agency that they feel they can do it on a bargain contract, I'm not sure Keon Coleman is my favorite idea. Oh, I, I am sure it's not my favorite idea anymore, but I'm still very intrigued by this player. What so do I you get, think of him? I, I guess it the what you want to ask yourself is, uh, do you want a similar player to Gabriel Davis to fill Gabriel Davis's shoes, but significantly more expensive than Gabriel Davis was? Because I think that's kind of what I see in a guy like Keon Coleman. I think he's big-bodied. I don't think he's really that sharp route runner that mm-hmm. Gabriel Davis has been sort of um, criticized criticized from... for not having, not possessing. Um, he's got that wide you know, catch radius and is a guy that can run past you. I think he's a little bit more fleet of foot than Gabriel Davis. He's mm-hmm. probably going to run a better 40 time than Gabriel, so maybe he's got a little bit more of that raw athleticism. But I think that I'm open to the idea of shifting away from what I've – come to know this Bills offense in the Josh Allen era, at least of what they've had with Gabriel Davis as the wide receiver too, and to what Matt Harmon said last segment, talking about a guy like John Brown. Like, maybe I'm looking more for a John Brown or, mm-hmm. you know, I know he mentioned wanting maybe a little bit of a bigger body and, and, and you know, like Marquise Brown maybe not being the best fit, but you know, like Troy Franklin to me from Oregon is a guy that's got the speed but I think runs the other routes and can be a three-level right. Wide receiver. I, I I think that's what I'm looking. I'm looking for more, just a completed package. Right. Walking in, especially if it's a first round pick, I'm looking for someone that can do the things that Stephon Diggs can do, so that you can start attacking defenses. Um, I think more consistently at all three levels with all the receivers that are on the field at the same time. So that's I, I guess it's it, it's a little bit of like what's your flavor? Are you looking for a carbon copy of Gabriel Davis? Because I think if you are then you should wait to the third round to do that because there's right. going to be guys there that are going to be able to do all of the things Gabriel Davis can do and you won't have to pay a premium and a fifth year option. For right. It. Yeah, I I um I'm I, the technician part of this, like the route running and getting open. You know what you know what play I have in my head? Like I'm sure there are I mean Gabriel Davis has played a lot of football for the Bills. Uh so I don't mean to like boil down his deficiency to one play, but how well do you remember the third Jordan Whitehead 
interception from opening night last last season. I remember it well. That it's the shorter the yep. shorter play. It's the out out, D- out to the D- right Davis side Davis run, is running up the hash and goes to just runs right to the sideline and Whitehead just watches him do it and just jumps it. And watching that replay, all I thought was if Davis just takes one step inside, just yep. one step inside, Whitehead is either going that way or at least frozen enough to create the separation to make that play work. But he doesn't. He's he's like he's like a rod hockey player on that. He's just like I'm going there. Yep. And I think a player like Whitehead or any defensive player that's studying and watching and sees these you know, these habits the, the in technique in route running is watching Gabriel Davis coming at him going like, I know exactly where this dude's going. There's no subtlety. There's no deception. I'm just going to jump it. And I, I'm i worried about Keon Coleman needing to develop that. Again, this is not to say that he won't, but if he doesn't have that out of the box right away, I'm shying away from him at least at 28 or or even higher if the Bills want to like, move up a couple spots or something. I much more prefer the more well-rounded prospects that you may have access to. I think I think Matt Harmon last segment said you may have to move a little bit to get Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU, but Troy Franklin is there too and I just feel like one of those guys maybe is 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 where I want to be. If I don't want to do that, then I'm into day 2 and maybe the guy from uh UCF Baker. Um, yeah, later on. Is, yeah. Yeah. Second round, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, Sasha. I appreciate the call. And, yeah, Coleman was my mad crush coming out of the season. Really, it just happened that I turned college football on on Saturdays a lot during the fall, and I just kept finding my way to Florida State games and just, oh, look at this guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> a physical specimen. I mean, you know, maybe maybe – you know, comparing him to a former fourth round pick, but has been a good receiver in the NFL. Is it maybe underselling him a little bit um, as a prospect? But I also think that you know, is he closer to DK Metcalf, EJ Brown? I, you know, like I, I kind of remember how I thought mm-hmm. of those guys, and I kind of thought of the same thing. They just they are big bodies with immense talent and athleticism, but they don't they don't yeah. really strike me as movers. What's so interesting about the way Sasha, our caller, was talking about the, the catch radius and Allen, you know, maybe not having that option uh, in this receiving core and looking for it. It's really where they started out with him, right? They were they, Kelvin Benjamin, for example, Andre Holmes, like bigger guys. And then like midway through his rookie year, it felt like they went, you know what? We actually don't need catch radius. What we need is guys that can create separation. Um, and that's where, you know, they ended up at John Brown and Cole Beasley and eventually Emmanuel Sanders as free agents um, that weren't like, you know, big guys that had catch radius. They were just guys that were going to create separation and create a bigger window for you to throw the ball into. And I think that, you know, I can't argue with the results. I mean, I think Diggs quintessentially is not a big body, but he gets open and Allen puts it there. So I'm not as nuts about the, you know, if if the number one thing on your bio, uh, on your list of attributes is really good at contested catches, I'm going, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I like that you can do that, but if that's the thing you do best, I mean, what are we talking about? 30, 40% hit rate on, you know, jump balls? Yeah. No, and, thanks. And uh, when is that really even required in the end zone? I, I mean, you, you, right. I, I know Josh is, 
I maybe want to move Josh away from thinking he can just toss it up 70 yards down the field and into a jump ball situation with a wide receiver. I, yeah, I just he's not a name to me that that has struck me as someone I'm like that's that's the kind of body that's the kind of play style that right. that I think I need in the office. I just I am looking for someone that can mold and and be molded into that wide receiver one in two years three years time, and I, I'm looking for a more all around guy now. I think at yeah. least at least in the first round again. Sure. I exactly if if you decide if the Bills decide that they need to draft interior defensive line they need to draft. Chop Robinson, a defensive end, or they need to draft you know something else in the first round, best player available, and it's not receiver. Um, yeah, I mean, then then start talking about some of these specialized players in the second and third round, and I'm good with that because of the yeah. money and the and the value that that is assigned to a yeah. player in the second or third. The, round. the trick there, Coleman is probably sort of he's he's might be in between where the Bills pick in the first round. And in the second, his window is probably in the 40s somewhere. I'm I'm just guessing, sitting here right now, and you know, unless you're moving and you know moving up in the second round, you're probably not you're not going to get high enough to get him right. in the second round if you pass on him the first time around, which is what I would hope you would do. Anyway, appreciate the call. 803-0550 is the number. We'll talk more about receivers as we move into uh, the back half of today's show. Nate Geary in for Mike Shope. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. Glad to have you hanging with us here on a Tuesday. Nate Geary in for Mike Shope. I am the Bulldog along with Zach Jones at the controls. The forecast is starting. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Starting to get pretty pretty favorable it's gonna be getting outside pretty soon 50s 50s next week right you just gotta hope stays dry that's it stay dry it never does but you know listen i as you know i think a public doubter of uh of witchcraft like uh dunkirk dave uh and pucks tony phil Mm -hmm. um they may have been onto something 
It's been nice. It, it has. I mean, it was freezing this morning, but terribly cold this morning. And the weekend wasn't great. But the week before, mm-hmm. unreal weather. I golfed twice. Um, this upcoming week and the following week, the 10-day looks primo. Listen, I, I again, I've never been a, a true believer, but, you know, if it turns out where I'm playing golf in mid-March, I might get a tattoo of Dunkirk Dave on my arm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I love it now. And I've even I, I've very Chipmunks much warmed up to the uh, doing the, the golf doing the weather oh the, the golf okay the golfing, oh, okay the golfing gotcha. I can't I I don't know like I I understand it I get the bug because it's sunny out and it's warmer but the idea of just going out there and like noise of your feet squishing in the wet and the ball sure. plugging and the mud flying and the I don't know man it just doesn't really jive for me when you have. Nothing else going on in your life. You will. You will. Well, hopefully, you know you'll not. You'll never get there. I. That's uh, not a cry for it's help. It's impossible yeah. for me to really comprehend someone having less to do than I have. To do. <laughs> um. You so have, you have I, other responsibilities, children, no, and they're no, adults. But you know, no. sometimes they're like dad, and you're like, ah, I got a wife. She's working nights. Like I, I don't. I, I'm. I have never had more free time ever than I have right now. So it's not that. I am getting I'm 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 the indoor, the simulator thing. I I I, I did this um last year once with Jeremy and a couple of friends and I did not enjoy it at all. Um but and this was at, at a diff it was a, a different place. I went to our buddies, um, one of the guys, Jeff Metis from the golf show, is these golf dojos. Um, you hear about them on Saturday mornings. I think they've got their first show this Saturday from the, the Niagara Falls Boulevard location. Uh, I went a couple Saturdays with, uh, ago with Owen and really enjoyed it. So I'm going back again this Saturday. Like I'm, I'm now, I'm, I think I might be morphing into that guy. Outside, because it's 50 in March and it's wet and kind of gr- like, mm. yeah, really, I'll tell you this. It, it was a little wet. I, I, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I mean, Thursday when we played Burncliffe, it was frozen. Yeah. Um. So that's why it wasn't wet. But Saturday, first hole, Diamond Hawk was a little wet. I, I don't know how they do it there, but their greens in the middle of winter and in spring are the best greens in Western. I, I just don't know how they do it. <laughs> but they are fast. Yeah. Like they're they're fast. So yeah. um. Yeah. I again, I just I don't really have a lot cooking uh yeah, yeah and when yeah. i'm at work i'm looking outside thinking about playing golf when i'm in bed i'm thinking about you know playing golf and then you know when i have when i crack a beer it's like oh golf, golf. Yeah. yeah golf. so it's like yeah yeah it's, it's all i got it's all i got it's so sad <laughs> <laughs> started so positive glad, too. Glad, yeah yeah glad you've all tuned yeah. in for a very special edition of the show up on the bulldog yeah. show with special guest host nate geary <laughs> Nate reveals very sad, his very sad. inner yeah. – all right, let's stop this crap. 803-0550. Let's talk some football like men. 803-0550 <laughs> is the number. We'll, we'll continue on the wide receiver – hey, wide receiver train. It's not, not just the morning show. We got seats on the wide receiver train, too, in the afternoon. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, in our conversation from earlier this hour um, about the Bills' way forward, Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs, all of that as we continue. Again, Nate Garyan for Mike, along with Zach Jones. I am the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.